to the Moonshots Podcast. It's episode 163. I'm your co-host, Mike Parsons, and as always, I'm joined by the man with the plan, Mr. Mark Pearson Freeland. Good morning, Mark. Hey, good morning, Mike. I mean, you're right. If I'm a man with a plan, that plan right now is to learn as much as I can about entrepreneurship, because today we're at number two of our entrepreneurship series, aren't we, Mike? I know this is pretty good stuff and it feels like exactly what we should be talking about at the beginning of the new new year. We should be talking about new ideas and how you get it done. And today we're going to learn from a grand master of starting new businesses, aren't we? Yeah, that's right. Today, listeners, in show 163, we are getting into the grand master himself, Mr. Michael E. Gerber. And the book that we're digging into today, Mike, is The E-Myth. And I think, again, it's fair to say that The E-Myth and Michael Gerber is one of those absolute powerhouses, one of those classic books that many, many entrepreneurs, many small businesses, well, small as well as larger businesses, have been turning to for the past 10, 15, 20, 30 years in order to (laughs) learn some lessons from Michael Gerber, who's spent the time to talk to entrepreneurs and look at profitable businesses and determine what mistakes those entrepreneurs make. I mean, right off the back, Mark, uh, (laughs) I'm Mark, right off the back, Mike, (laughs) of Darren Hardy last week, we learned some great lessons from Darren and now Dean to Michael Gerber. I mean, we're really getting the practical tips and tricks of entrepreneurship, aren't we? We certainly are. I think, you know, Darren Hardy, he was very clear in his advice, stop stuffing around with the product, get it live, launch it, and then go sell it to customers because 80% of being an entrepreneur is selling what you have, which I think is really helpful for entrepreneurs because we can run the risk of sitting there and not wanting to launch the product or the service because it's not quite ready. He's like, get out there and launch and really getting you into that, to that marketing paradigm, that, that mindset. Today, Michael E. Gerber in his book, The E-Myth, takes us on another big insight, another big mindset that we need to be good entrepreneurs and what he's going to do is talk about what he calls the e-myth. And that e-myth is the fact that most people who start small businesses are entrepreneurs. He's saying that is a myth. And we're going to break that down and find out what that means. So if you've started something or you want to start something, it doesn't necessarily mean that you're an entrepreneur. But don't worry, he has the right entrepreneurial thinking for us. And I think this is really critical. This is an essential show because it helps us avoid the mistake of starting something without the right mindset. And then the the risk here is that we start something in the incorrect entrepreneurial way, and it's not a thriving business. It becomes entrapment. It becomes the noose around your neck, the ball and chain, because you didn't approach it in the right way with the right mindset. And I think that's what's ahead of us today. What do you think, Mac? Yeah, I think it's about breaking down some hard truths, getting into those myths, those assumptions that maybe we all have about being an entrepreneur or what it takes to be an entrepreneur. And similar to what Darren Hardy was doing last week, we've got Michael E. Gerber breaking things down for us in pretty clear, very practical, very um, 
straightforward ways, Mike. I think, you know, you and I and our listeners, we've got another action-packed show with with Gerber today, and he's a bit of a sharp shooter. So I'm, I, I think we're, <laughs> we're going to learn from him. Who do you think... Who do you think is sharper and more energetic? Uh, do you think it's uh, Michael Gerber or uh, Darren Hardy? It, it's it's a very good question. I think the sharper, more direct individual is actually Michael E. Gerber. So make sure to strap in listeners. If you thought last week with Darren Hardy was sharp, <laughs> we are on the razor's edge with Gerber today. <laughs> All right, everybody, let's brace for impact as we dive into the world of the e-myth and let's listen to some thoughts from the author himself, Mr. Michael E. Gerber. Essentially, what I'm going to do is, if you'll excuse the expression, piss you off. (laughs) That's my job. Now, I do my job really well. I have pissed off more business owners in my life than anybody in the face of this earth. I know that. I know that because they write me and they tell me that. I really irritate people. Now, you got to understand it's not me. Well, yeah, it's my manner. But it's not about that. What it's really about is because the vast majority of people who own own and operate their own small company, whether it be in your industry or any other industry, and we have touched every industry in the face of this earth. It's not about the business you own. It's about the way you do it. So you got to understand the reason I piss everybody off is because they take it personally. And the reality about people who own and operate their own small company is they take everything personally. Hear me, not just you, I can absolutely guarantee you, if we really get into this, I mean, if I were to really address it personally, you'd really get even more pissed off. So I just wanted to prepare you for that. And you understand, for every single person we have ever spoken to, now we have worked with over 100,000 owners, meaning 100,000 small companies, dentists, doctors, psychologists, graphic designers, meat packers. It doesn't really matter what kind of a company it is. And I know when I even say that, people in a professional business, as we think of ourselves, in a professional business, really get uptight when I compare them to, say, McDonald's. But you understand, you should get uptight when I compare you to McDonald's. Because Ray Kroc did the right thing. And you're stuck, hear me, and take this only in the way that I'm saying it, in the wrong thing. And I say, doing it, doing it, doing it, doing it, busy, 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 making a living, producing income, as opposed to equity. So what we're here to talk about is the difference between income and equity. What we're here to talk about is the difference between working for a living and creating growth. In fact, growth is key to transformation. I'm your wake-up call. You're either going to hear it or you're going to go back and continue doing what you're doing. Some big 
lessons or some big advice, Mike, at least from Michael E. Gerber straight off the bat. I mean, what, what a what an energetic way to kick off today's show on Michael E. Gerber, the e-myth. Am I right? Yeah, he's 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 sort of uh, really putting it in your face. Are you just working or are you growing something? And it's almost like people are trapped in their small businesses or their entrepreneurial ideas. And uh, he, he mentions Ray Kroc, the, uh, the man who took McDonald's from one store to feeding 1% of the world's population. Um, and he's saying, well, why can't your business product service do the same thing? And it's just a question of mindset. And he's really trying to help people get out of the trap, isn't he? Yeah, um, we, we're going to hear uh, Michael break down the, the Ray Kroc uh, secret, I suppose you could say, the secret source of McDonald's later on in the show as well. But I think you're right, Mike. There's a great bit of advice that Michael E. Gerber's really calling out, having worked with 100,000 businesses as well as- Yeah, well, check, check this out, Mark. His book is taught in over 100 universities. It's so- uh, powerful for entrepreneurs to learn how to do it right and avoid what is guaranteed almost. It's like eight out of 10, nine out of 10 small businesses will be that are started will be dead within five years. Like the, the, the chances of success are not high. So you may want to pay some heed to the work of Michael E. Gerber and the EMIF, don't you think, Mark? Yeah, he's the ultimate authority, isn't he? He has broken down from case studies as well, case studies such as McDonald's and Ray Kroc, as well as individual brands and businesses that he's worked with and compartmentalized it and broken it down into essentially systems. And then we'll dig into those a little bit later in the show as well, Mike. But before we do, we've got one more little clip just to introduce us into the show today. And that's a great clip from Productivity Game. And I thought it would be great for you as well as our listeners to really get a sense and a taste of, of what the core message within Michael E. Gerber's book, The E-Myth, is really about before we get into some practical stuff. So why don't we hear from Productivity Game and the core message of Michael's book on how not to build a business that relies on you. Should you ditch your boss and start a business? If you already know how to produce a product or service people pay for, why not build a business around it? Let's say you're an awesome graphic designer and you work in a graphic design studio. You know people love your designs, so you decide to start your own graphic design company. You start with a few existing clients. They recommend a few more clients. Soon you're busy and you don't have a boss anymore. Life's great. You feel like a kid on the first day of summer after a long school year. But soon you're putting in 14-hour days to do the design work and all the other little things you need to do to keep the business running. After a few weeks of work in these 14-hour days, you decide you need to hire an experienced administrative assistant to deal with all the administrative work you don't want to do. You also decide to hire an experienced marketer to do the marketing work you don't have time to do. You trust that these experienced people will know what they need to do because they've worked in similar positions in the past. Now you've got people doing the work you don't want to do, and you can focus on what you do best, producing beautiful graphic designs. But just when you think it's going well... Your administrative assistant leaves, and what's worse, she's put all your financial data in a software program you're not familiar with. It's a complete disaster. And on top of that, the marketing person you hired isn't producing ads the way you want them. You decide to let them go and do the marketing yourself. 
Now you need to put in 18-hour days to clean up the mess and do the backlog of design work. Your projects start to suffer, deadlines get missed, quality drops, and clients are getting pissed off. You thought when you started your business, you got rid of your boss. But now it feels like you have a boss again. And this boss doesn't give you a day off and barely gives you enough money to pay rent. How did you get yourself into this mess? You're in this mess because you built a business that relies on you. In the book, The E-Myth Revisited, author Michael Gerber says, if your business depends on you, you don't own a business, you have a job. And it's the worst job in the world. The top priority for a business owner is to create a business that produces a great product or service without them. In other words, an entrepreneur doesn't produce a product or service. An entrepreneur creates a system that produces a great product or service and removes themselves from the process. Create a system, Mark, so that the business doesn't own you, but you own it. We are getting down to some serious entrepreneurial lessons here. And as you hear this description of the worst case scenario, you know, in, in that example, the market is gone, the admin's gone, and you're now working 18 hours a day. Uh, this, is, this is not a life we choose for. This is not a life we want, Mark. But so many people, maybe even ourselves, have found our, ourselves in these situations. And to me, it's so real, and this is a real chance to confront it with the work of Michael E. Gerber on the E-Myth. This is some pretty hardcore stuff, isn't it? Yeah. There are plenty of people that you and I will know, maybe like, a, like you say, we've even experienced it ourselves. There'll be many of our listeners who are also going through similar things as Productivity Game and Michael Gerber have broken down for us already in today's show, which are these myths, these myths that as long as we are in the place of a, of a co-founder or a founder, we're therefore uh, running our own business. But as it's just broken down in that clip, the truth is you've just got a job and the, the boss might be you, but you're still doing these 18 hour days. So yeah, we're starting to really break down these myths, these assumptions of what it is to be an entrepreneur in order to create a better system and a one that does allow us to really focus on the work that we all like doing, the strengths that you as an individual have, and therefore go out and make a difference. We're building that brand, some good hard mm. truths from Gerber already. Yeah, it's it's big stuff here because the paradigm of creating a system, it, it's about defining process, it's about delegation. All of these things we're going to learn from Michael E. Gerber in the coming clips on this show where we're digging into the e-myth. And I think that the chance to do this will not only help you grow, but it will help the people around you grow. And that is exactly what we do here on the Moonshots podcast. We love to learn out loud. We love the struggle to be the best version of ourselves. We love just being 1% better every day. And I really hope that this show helps us all be 1% better. And I know for sure, Mark, we've got some members who are all putting in the work to be 1% better every single day. So why don't we uh, do a tip of the hat and call out our fabulous members? Yes. Much like I said last week, the list is getting longer and longer, Mike, by every show. So I'm gradually going to have to start taking more and more breaths. But here we go. I'll try and do it. <laughs> I'll try and do it as quickly as possible. And thank you, everybody, for joining us as Moonshot members. And welcome, Bob, Niles, John, Terry, and Bridie. 
Niall and Sandy, Marjol and Ken and Dietmar, Tom, Byron, Mark and Helena, Yaniv, Marjan, Connor and Rodrigo, Yasmin, Spaceman, Daniela, Lisa, Sid and Mr. Bonjour. Welcome, Moonshot members. I'm so pleased that we've got another couple of characters who have unusual names. I, I think, Mike, we've always attracted ratings, reviews and members of individuals who have pretty, pretty fun names. So I'm pleased that we can add a couple more into our Moonshots family. Yeah, I think we would say bonjour to Mr. Bonjour, our latest bonjour. member, right? <laughs> exactly. Welcome. Thank you for joining us, Mr. Bonjour. Now, Mark, um, being a member is is a big part of what we're doing here at the Moonshots podcast. It gives you full and complete access uh, to um, the master series, uh, which is only available to members. That's a 90-minute podcast that we do together every month where we go deep into one subject and pull a number of different experts, authors, and superstars together. And uh, that's all available to you if you become a member. So it's literally the cost of a cup of coffee per month can make you a member of the Moonshots podcast. It gives you access to a whole new podcast, the Master Series. And you know what, Mark? It helps us pay some bills, doesn't it, for this show? It's not cheap putting out a podcast, is it? No, it does. Your support members not only gives you access to these additional monthly shows, but you're right, Mike, helps us pay off some of our bills, our hosting, keeps us uh, occasionally caffeinated and we, <laughs> and it helps us bring not only the weekly show, but actually the members uh, exclusive show to you, our members and our Moonshots family every single month. So please, yeah. if you if you like what you're hearing and you're appreciating and learning something new each week, learning out loud with us every day, every week, then please go along to moonshots.io, become a member. Like Mike says, it's super affordable, less than a cup of coffee every month and show us your support. We really, really appreciate it. Yeah. And w- what you forgot, Mark, was that you actually get lunar powered good karma. I mean, that's the thing. Like, become a member of the Moonshots podcast. You get lunar-powered good karma, not just regular good karma, but lunar-powered. I mean, that stuff, that can make that can send you to the moon and back. What a way to begin the year with some lunar good karma. I mean, this is exactly <laughs> what we all want, isn't it? <laughs> totally. And I tell you what, what else we really want is to understand how to scale a business an idea. And uh, if you're thinking to yourself, hmm, I've got an idea, but I wonder how I scale it. You've come to the right place because here on the Moonshots podcast, we are dissecting, we are decoding the e-myth from Michael E. Gerber. And now we can listen to him and his thoughts on how we prepare for scale. You see, Ray Kroc didn't start McDonald's until he was 52 years of age. Ray Kroc went from 52 years of age without a pot to piss in, convinced the McDonald brothers to give him the franchise rights to McDonald's. And they did. And he went back to Des Plaines, Illinois, borrowed the money to start his first store. But hear this, because it's really, really critical to the story. Ray Kroc did not go to work in McDonald's. He didn't make hamburgers. He didn't make french fries. He didn't make milkshakes. 
He didn't have an office in the store. He had an office down the street. It was the corporate headquarters of McDonald's. They didn't make hamburgers there. They didn't make french fries there. They didn't make milkshakes there. What did they make there? They made McDonald's. Please write that down. Ray Kroc went to work on the hamburger stand, not in the hamburger stand, to prepare it to scale. Please write that down. To prepare it to scale. Scale for sale. Scale for sale. What does that mean? That means the company you own, the company you own today, how many of you own your own company? Please raise your hands. The company you own today, hear me, is your franchise prototype. And in order for that franchise prototype to be replicated faithfully, you got to pre prepare it to scale. That's the job of an entrepreneur. I mean, Mike, this is this is quite a good and original idea that we're hearing here from Michael E. Gerber, isn't it? I mean, the case study of McDonald's and Ray Kroc, maybe we've seen the film The Founder, which I watched recently, actually, for the first time. Great That's a good telling one. of it all. It's a great one, isn't it? But I, actually, actually, we should put a link in the show notes to, to that because it is a fabulous film. So we'll put a great link idea. in for those of you who haven't seen it. Yeah, we'll put that in for sure. Because if you haven't seen it, listeners, please, please do go check it out because it really brings to life the enthusiastic story that Michael E. Gerber is, is telling us in that clip because he's right. Ray Kroc did not go and borrow this money, uh, convince the brothers, the McDonald brothers, to give him the franchise rights and then go and work flipping the hamburgers. He didn't, he didn't do any of that, did he, Mike? He was running it from down the street. And that's a big shift, isn't it? Yeah, the the for me, Mark. Look, the big thing here is that he makes this very big distinction between working on the business and working in the business. And I cannot tell you how many times I work with colleagues, founders, executives who are stuck in the business and never have a moment to think about the business from a distance to work on the business rather than inside of it. And what we heard there is Ray Kroc actually wasn't even in the McDonald's restaurant when he started working on the business. He was down the road because he was thinking about systems and this key thing of systems leading to the ability to scale. Repeatability, growth all comes from building systems. And the way you build the system is by working on the business, taking time to reflect and learn about what's happening rather than just running from day to day, just getting stuff done, asking yourself, what did I learn? What, I, what could I do better? How do I systematize it? This is the big thinking from Michael E. Gerber. And I think this is for, for sure that this is the aha moment within the work of Michael E. Gerber on the E-Myth. Hmm. What do you think, Mark? Yeah, it, it feels like the aha moment because I think what is pretty common for uh, all of us entrepreneurs is you work on the, what I would call the short-term vision. So who do I need to hire to do that job? If I 
can't hire anybody. How do I deliver this project? How am I going to do it tomorrow? What space am I going to hire? So on and so forth. They're kind of short to medium term considerations or business decisions, aren't they? Running a business. Whereas what I think Michael E. Gerber's breaking down for us here with this big, big aha moment is just step away from the business entirely for a second. Where do you see it in five, 10, 15 years time? How can you delegate this part of the business to somebody else? And in essence, as he closes that clip, use it as a prototype for your own franchise, because that's where the success of, let's say, McDonald's really comes through. Remember, Mike, with Darren Hardy last week, we learned from Darren that it's not really about the quality of the products that's so important. It's the marketing. It's the extension of communication in order to raise awareness for your your business or your product. I think in part with what Michael E. Gerber is then building on the McDonald's case study for us here is if you can communicate it, but also create this system that's in place in order to allow it to grow and therefore benefit off the previous marketing that you might've done for that product or brand in the past. It has that compound effect, doesn't it? It gets more and more authority in this space. You're able to roll it out, maybe borrow more money in order to just keep on growing that business. And it feels as though in my mind, at least, it's stepping away from that short, medium term working on the business or in the business, and then you elevate it to working on or over that business. Yeah, I totally agree. And I think um, finding ways to remove yourself from being in the business to having moments in the day or the week or having just the opportunity to step back and work on the business. How do you think we can do that? Like so many people we know that are trying to build a new business, a new product, a new idea, they're just running around, right? And they're mm. obsessed with the the day-to-day, the hustle. And that's, you know, the exciting thrill about being an entrepreneur. How do you think we can develop this habit of working a bit more on the business? I think it comes down to discipline. So Yes, it's great to have a vision in mind, you know, a a, a culture that's around your business. I think, Mike, what it would take for um, friends or colleagues of, of my own that are starting their own businesses is to carve out the time and religiously stick to it. A little bit like Cal Newport would say with deep work, spend some time or allocate some time during your week or maybe even your day to reflect on the business and think, how can I step away from the, um, the continual requirement to be on uh, marketing calls or accounting calls or sales calls? How can I think about the business in a slightly different way? How can I reflect and bring in delegation? How can I create systems where I can get somebody else to do this job and allowing me to then go and focus on something else. I think it kind of comes down to prioritization or uh, discipline over deep work. What do you think? I think scheduling it is is crucial. I think uh, that's a great start. I think get out of your office, get out of your study or house or wherever you do the work, get out and actually just physically create space, not only as well as the time, but Mm. then I think what's really important is uh, 
you know, uh, Napoleon Hill, Think and Grow Rich, which is a show that we we did not too long ago. He talks about having a mastermind, about people that you can talk uh, to um, who can help you answer some questions that would be on your mind. And this is the next step. I think if you're going to schedule the time um, and you're going to reflect or discuss with others, the question is what questions are you going to ask? And I, I think it would be very good for all of us to ask ourselves, where was the majority of my time, my effort, my energy spent? And actually really look at it and then say, hmm, was that the best use of my time? What can I delegate? If I was to delegate, what higher value goals and objectives could I work on? So I think there is some, I think there's an important thing here, which is like the questions that you ask, because there always, there's always something to do when you have a new business, a new product, a startup or an idea. I think it comes down to um, the things that went well and why, and the things that failed and why. Um, I think some of these questions are crucial to ask of yourself um, that will get to, to the heart of inspiring you to take new actions so you can work on the business rather than being stuck in the business. Mm, I think that's a great idea. Really have that discipline of reflecting what you're spending your time on, maybe reflecting on it once a month or, or more regularly, maybe once a year in order to really, yeah, you're right. Check with yourself whether you have been focusing your time in those right places. And then, as you say, thinking about delegation, Tim Ferriss's book, The 4-Hour Workweek, we've done a series on Tim in the past. I think, again, he really calls out the success or the potential success that you have if you're able to create, again, kind of systems and processes in order to delegate some of your responsibilities in order to free up the time so that you can go and focus on the thing that you're really, really strong and good at. Yeah, totally agree. I totally agree. Now, I think, Mark, before we continue uh, this journey into scaling a business, uh, this journey into working on the business instead of in the business, not taking it personally, but really trying to recreate the success of McDonald's and what Ray Kroc did. That's what Michael E. Gerber is pointing out to us. This is a huge invitation to think and actually enjoy the success that Ray Kroc had. Before we do that, I tell you what, Mark, it's been a long time since we asked our listeners to jump into their phones and to give us a rating or a review, but I feel we should extend that invitation now, don't you? Yes. Listeners, you may all have noticed within your Spotify app quite recently, they've actually brought in the functionality to leave reviews or ratings at least. So I think, Mike, you're right. Now would be at the beginning of the year. Uh, We're halfway through the entrepreneurship series. I think now, listeners, it would be a great time to re-invite all of you to jump into your podcast app of choice, whether it's Apple Podcast, new Spotify, anchor and so on. And let us know what you think of the show. Leave us a rating, even leave us a review that we can read just to let us know what you like and whether you appreciate the work that we're putting into it every week, whether it's the weekly show or the master series. I think, I think that would be very interesting, Mike, to, to re-kick off. You're right. So get in there just to open up the app. If you're listening right now, jump in. And give us a, give us a rating, give us a review. The reason this is so important to us 
is this is what helped us. When we started the show four years ago, it helped us reach out to a few dozen listeners. And today we enjoy over 50,000 listeners because you shared the story of Moonshots. You helped us learn out loud to bring more people uh, into this movement of people trying to be the best version version of themselves. So go on there, give us a rating, give us a review because it helps us discover new listeners all around the world. And that's what we want to do. We want to share with everyone how we are going about learning, how we're doing it, how we're trying to create those little habits that make us better so that we can go, particularly today, on those entrepreneurial journeys together. Now, Mark, we've heard from the productivity game uh, previously in the show. I think you've actually found another clip from them. Do you want to set it up for us? Yeah, this is another extension of uh, Michael E. Gerber's concept and focus of the systems that entrepreneurs should build into their practices of starting new businesses. So we've got a great clip, like you say, Mike, from Productivity Game, who we heard at the beginning of the show. And he's really breaking down for us, again, an extension of Michael E. Gerber's work in the E-Myth and helping us understand this a little bit further. So now let's hear from Productivity Game and what he has to say about making a business that ultimately works for you. So how do you build a business of systems and hire people to operate those systems without you? It all starts the moment you decide to start a business. You start by asking yourself, what size do I see this business naturally growing to in the next five years? And what roles do I need to fill inside that business? For each position on that org chart, you identify the result that position is responsible for and the standards to which they must deliver it. Then you and your business partners decide which of your names will go into those positions. Your name might be in four different positions at this point, but that's normal. Your goal is to start from the lowest level position and build systems to replace yourself in each position. If the lowest level of your company is widget maker and you put yourself in the widget maker position, you need to develop a reliable and repeatable system that anyone who fills a position can execute and successfully produce a result to the standards you've set. Only after you've built a reliable, repeatable system do you move yourself into a higher position, like the widget maker manager, and create a reliable system for that position. You replace yourself with a system by documenting everything you do to achieve the result that you want to the standards you've set. You document your process in an operations manual. An operations manual contains checklists, templates, and scripts. You test your system by following your operations manual exactly as you've written it. Once you've verified that your system produces the results that position's responsible for to the standards you've set, it's time to hire someone to execute your system. To hire someone to execute your system, put the following ad on Craigslist or LinkedIn. Looking for people who believe in our company's vision, who have an open mind and wants to learn new skills. No experience necessary. You see, if you hire someone with experience, They won't fully buy into your system because they will have already developed the habits of someone else's system. And if your business success relies on hiring experienced people who have their own way of doing things, then the business not only relies on you, it also relies on each of them. If they show up, you succeed. If they don't, you're doomed. It's better to have the success of your company rely on the quality of the systems that you've built for the company. When a company with high-quality systems loses a person, they can quickly be replaced by a wide variety of people who are eager to learn. When taking a systems approach to your business, 
Think of yourself like a writer-director for a Broadway musical. You start by writing the script and the lines for each of the actors. Then you pick out the costumes and design the sets. Then you hire enthusiastic actors who haven't played the roles before. You hand them the script, aka the operations manual, and you ask them to memorize their lines. These actors won't feel like they're part of a bureaucratic system because the actors know that by mastering their role, they'll be able to put on a performance with the other actors that will wow the audience. And once the actors master their roles, you foster an entrepreneurial spirit in your people. You encourage them to improve upon their roles. Eventually, they come up with better lines. They help improve the set. Once everyone is in the roles that you designed and executing the script you wrote, you can go off to Paris or start writing your next musical because the musical you just wrote is being performed night after night without you having to be in the theater. That musical is making you money and it continues to get rave reviews from its audiences. So if you want to be a successful entrepreneur, it will require more than just knowing how to produce a product or service that people want to buy. To be a successful entrepreneur, you need to know how to build systems inside of your business that can produce an extraordinary product without you. In that way, you no longer are trapped by your business because your business is working for you. Mark, this is, this is really the essence of repeatability, scalability, and growth, which is a smooth, well-defined system that's continuously being tweaked and engineered for performance. Now, what's really great is um, I think we have a chance right now, if we're going to work on the business, uh, we need to break this down a little bit. And um, in his further writings, uh, Michael E. Gerber actually breaks down what he thinks the strategic uh, at a sort of a strategic picture looks like of the system. And at the center of it is leadership. And then he has these six areas around it, marketing, finance, management, customer fulfillment, lead conversion, and lead generation. This is breaking down the business and to the six areas that each of these require a system. They need an operating manual set in really kind of modern terms. You need a workflow from start to finish for how we, you know, generate a lead, how we convert it, how we fulfill our product and service to customers, how we manage our business, how we um, oversee the finances and operations and how we do marketing. That is leadership. That is the highest form of what the founder should be doing to create the system in their business. Holy hell, Mark, where do we start creating such a system? What do you think? <laughs> I know. It's, it's broken down in pretty practical terms there, isn't it? So once you've got an understanding of all those different pieces of the pie, of the leadership or entrepreneur pie, mm-hmm. building in time to not only reflect on what you're spending your time on, as we were discussing earlier in the show, but also carving out time in order to develop what we have just heard about with operation manuals is mm-hmm. so, so key. So once you've got time, maybe you're working with um, individuals that you've, you've trusted, who have authority in those different spaces, such as marketing or finance, or alternatively spending time reflecting on how you would do the job and think about how you can make it better in order to delegate it to another individual. That feels as though 
it's the way to begin. You know, what do you, mm. what do you think, Mike, where do you think it all, it all starts from? Well, I think actually, you know, I think what we can do together right now is take uh, these six core areas, which in fact is kind of seven because the leadership's in the center. And we can talk a little bit about some of the key things here. I mean, the, like if we think about being in the center, you've, you've created the company, you are the founder, you are the entrepreneur. I think the key thing here around the area of leadership is asking yourself, do you know how to lead these people mm. um, and to do the work the way you'd do it yourself? This is crucial because a lot of people say, don't worry, I'll just do it. It's easier. But this is the art of not only delegating, but it's the art of teaching. And I think that's a big part of leadership. So that's a good way to check in on leadership, right? Do you know how to lead people to do the work as good as you would have it done? I think that's a big one, don't you? Yeah. And there's been plenty of times, Mike, in my career where I have been guilty of just saying, oh, it's easier if I just do it. Don't worry. I'm not going to delegate it. I won't explain it to you to help you learn. I'll just do it myself because there's the illusion that it's just a little bit simpler, isn't it? Mm -hmm. And that's a really big um, blocker, I think. Mm. for being a leader. And it's certainly something that I, that I've tried to work on. And yeah, I've, I've been guilty of not doing that for sure. So, uh, let's, let's go further around this, uh, this chart of seven key areas to build your, your system for your entrepreneurial idea, business startup. It doesn't matter. The next one is what's the one thing that you want every single customer to say about your company. And it's really interesting because this kind of forces you to say, well, what is the one consistent, not only message, but experience that every single one of our customers is going to have? And this is the way in which you can start a conversation around your marketing. Are you consistent? Do you have one single message? Um, but it also then helps you go and check in all the different touch points. Are you reinforcing this before they purchase, while they purchase, and after they use your product or service? That's a big one for marketing. Um, Mark, let's talk about finance. He's got a couple of big questions here to ask of yourself when you're building systems. What do you think of some of the, what do you want, what do you like about some of the finance system design questions? Well, I think the thing to remember about finance is not only is it that movement of money through the business, but it's actually the way of you working and improving the business in order to achieve that ultimate objective or vision or goal, isn't it? So it's not just about going out and buying your car. (laughs) It's about Mm. putting it back into the business and improving it. And I think some of the key questions that Michael E. Goebel would ask us with regards to finance is, do you use your financial reporting to make strategic and day-to-day decisions about the business? Do you reflect on that report before Mm. you go out and spend But also, do you have key financial indicators that you regularly review? That's pretty key. Regularly review to understand the health of your company and the progress towards your goals. So take time to look at the accounts, take ownership of the number that's sitting in your bank or the flow of cash through the business in order to know, okay, well, we're looking pretty good so far, or we're 50% Mm -hmm. of our way towards our goal for this year. Having that level of detailed knowledge about the company is so key, isn't it? So rather than just making a gut call and just jumping into action, 
are you actually measuring things in the business and making the right decisions based on that? That is, that's huge, isn't it? That's like, how many companies do you know that just run off like, you know, gut feeling, you know, quick decisions, no data, right? Certainly the ones who are just starting out. And as we know, you know, 70, 80% of small businesses fail within the first five years, don't they? And I think Mm. finance is going to be one of the key linchpins that comes out and, and causes a company to fail. And I think a lot of them, a lot of entrepreneurs are going with their gut instinct rather than using financial reports as well as indicators to make those decisions and keep track of the health and progress of the company. Yeah, totally. So I think what we can do is in our show notes, we can uh, put a link into uh, Michael E. Gerber's strategic systems design piece that's on the web. Uh, We'll have a link in the show notes. If you want to get the show notes, head over to moonshots.io where not only can you read the show notes, you can become a member too. And if all of that seems a little too much, just jump into your uh, into your iPhone or your beautiful little Android phone and just give us a rating or review. However you want to be part of the Moonshots ecosystem, jump in, be part of it. We want to hear from you. We want you to follow up on these ideas because we think they'll help you be not only a great entrepreneur but a better version of yourself. In fact, the best version of yourself, which is what we're all about. And Mark... We have, you know, gone high and low uh, throughout the e-myth by Michael E. Gerber, but we do have time for one more clip. That's right. We, why don't we hear from Michael E. Gerber once more for those of our listeners who are thinking, oh, no, Michael, he's, he's broken it down. He's told me to not take it personally, but also he's thinking about franchising. It might be all too much for me. Well, don't worry, listeners, because this final clip that we've got from Mike Lee Gerber is telling you, Mike, myself, that it's never too late. So let's hear from Mike Lee Gerber once more about how we can all start the process. Unfortunately, it's too late for most. Good news is, <clears throat> Ray Kroc was 52 when he started. Ray Kroc was 52 when he started which tells you already that if you're not yet 52, you still got a chance. But if you're as old as I am, which is 80, good news is you still got a chance. My wife and I have started a brand new enterprise this year to celebrate my 80th birthday. Now, what am I, out of my freaking mind? No, I've got a dream. I'm going to ask you to write it down. I've got a dream. Please write that down. I've got a dream. And then write a question. What is it? I've got a dream. What is it? My dream, our dream, Luz Delia's dream and my dream is just this. And I want you to write this down. To transform the state of small business worldwide to transform the state of small business worldwide. We have a vision. Please write this down. I have a vision. What is my vision? Please write this down. I have a purpose. What is my purpose? 
Please write this down. I have a mission. What is my mission? So I just told you at the beginning of all this, this process, when Liz Delia and I said we're going to launch a new enterprise, and I'm going to share what that is, we're launching it based upon a platform. Without a platform for growth, it will ultimately fail. Without a dream, a vision, a purpose, and a mission, it will automatically fail. Very few companies in your industry or any industry were started with a dream. Why? Because very few people who start their own companies are truly entrepreneurs. Entrepreneurs are dreamers. Steve Jobs was a dreamer. Ray Kroc was a dreamer. Bill Gates is a dreamer. And on and on and on and on. Anita Roddick was a dreamer. Mary Kay Cosmetics was fashioned by a dreamer. A dreamer who had a dream. A thinker who had a vision. A storyteller who had a purpose. And a leader who had a mission. Write that down. A dreamer, a thinker, a storyteller, a leader. And so when I share this with you, understand I'm talking about Ray Kroc, I'm talking about Steve Jobs, I'm talking about the Google boys, I'm talking about everyone who's founded any enterprise. It was founded upon a dream, a vision, a purpose, and a mission. Wow. Wow. He's bringing it home at the end of the show, Marky Mark. <laughs> I know. I know. He, Once again. He's, <laughs> he's, he, he's just like, he's full of so much um, bold, audacious, vibrant thinking, isn't he? Yeah. I think even to extend on that, it's, it's all this thinking, uh, but it's wisdom isn't it? From working with a hundred thousand companies mm. and getting the experience, not only from seeing and reflecting on brands such as Ray Kroc and McDonald's, but also seeing all these other entrepreneurs and business owners going through the process of starting, failing, succeeding. There's so much wealth of, of tips and tricks we can learn from Michael E. Gerber here. I mean, I think we've, we've condensed it all pretty quick, but there's so much there, isn't there? There really is. He, he goes on to say uh, he, he's really big on dreaming big and getting started. There's this great quote for him. The dreamer has a dream. The thinker has a vision. The storyteller has a purpose and the leader has a mission. These four personalities, dreamer, thinker, storyteller, and leader comprise the totality of what it means to be an entrepreneur. How good is that? That is such a great, and I can totally imagine Michael E. Gerber breaking it down for us like that. You know, he's got that vision himself of, of thinking about entrepreneurship, creating businesses, creating structures that can hire new people, create something for the world and breaking it down into those personality archetypes. I can totally see Gerber doing that. What a, what a wonderful little breakdown of him. Yeah. And what I like is he's very down in the weeds in like, Hey, you've got to create a system so you can work on the business. But he compliments that in saying, have a dream and get started with that dream. And the reason why a lot of entrepreneurs don't have it 
is because they're not actually entrepreneurs. They're just small businesses that, or entrepreneurs or, or individuals that are owned by their small business. They're not truly entrepreneurs. So he's really, it's like Carpe Diem sees the day, dream a dream, go out and make it happen. What I like about that is it's not just the, the laborious details of creating systems. He's asking us to think big. And I think that is why the journey of entrepreneurship is so exciting because it's on one, it's so left, left brain, right brain, it's details, it's down in there getting the job done, but it's also having a vision or a dream for how the world can be better. I mean, what a fitting end to the show, Mark. That's right. And we're only two episodes so far into our entrepreneurship series, Mike, with Michael Egober today, Darren Hardy last week. We've got another absolute powerhouse for uh, coming for us and our listeners next week with Sir James Dyson. Oh, he's a, he's a good one. He is a good one. But before we get so excited about James and we forget about Michael, I need to ask you, Mark, now that we've gone through this journey that started with with Michael E. Gerber saying, don't take this personally. I want to know, did you take it personally? And what's the one idea that really stuck for you? The thing that I'm going to take personally, intentionally, <laughs> is the <laughs> idea of stepping back from working uh, in the business and instead taking time to preserve and work on the business. Thinking about it in that, like you say, left brain, right brain, thinking about it in that slightly different way is what I think separates those successful entrepreneurs of enterprises against those who, who fail within the first few years. If you can work on the business rather than in it, rather than making the business work uh, only with you, but work for you, that for me feels like the big aha from Michael E. Gerber. What, what stood out for you? Uh, I think, uh, I think I could put more work into the systems, um, you know, when you think about creating an operating manual and breaking it down, that's work that I could do. I mean, it's quite a, it's such a simple thing, but I think I've neglected a little bit. What did you think about this creating systems? I think it's, it's, it's unarguable that it's a tried and tested way of making a successful enterprise. Um, McDonald's, I know we've heard from Darren Hardy talk about McDonald's and today from Michael e. Gerber, we heard about McDonald's as well. But I think it's a really powerful case study to repeatedly refer back to because they have done it so well. And I think creating the system in order to delegate work or, you know, to go to the extreme with McDonald's, creating a system in order to franchise your business. I think if you can build that in from day one, it probably does make it a lot easier down the line. But even if you've started your business and you're not on day one anymore, maybe you're a few years down the line, I think you can still put in those systems in place in order to make your life that little bit lighter or easier or more efficient or more productive. If you can reflect on your time and think about who you need to hire and how in order to educate them or delegate work to them, like the operations manuals, I think that's a really big um, practice to start the new year with, isn't it? Put it in place now, maybe take time to reflect on the processes, the systems. For us, Mike, it could be the production of the Moonshot Show. <laughs> For other entrepreneurs, it could be creating uh, systems in their marketing or the finance. 
But I think taking the time to really reflect on those and build it in is going to be what improves the year uh, for many of our listeners, I think. Well, Mark, thank you to you and thank you to you, our listeners. It has been great to have you all with us on this journey into Michael E. Gerber's book, The E-Myth. And it started rather viciously. He said, don't take it personally and challenged us with the question, are you really working on the business or in the business? Are you working for growth? And he really pointed out that you don't build a business that relies on you. What you have to go out and do is create a system. Prepare for scale, just like Ray Kroc did when he started the McDonald's franchise at the age of 52. So if Ray can do it, anyone can do it. And it all comes back to this central idea of working on the business, not just in the business. And those systems, they have to build a business that doesn't rely on you, that can scale, that can grow, and potentially be just as successful as McDonald's. So go out there, have a dream, and start this process. And if you do this, you will be on the roller coaster journey, the thrill of your life. You will become an entrepreneur. You will become the very best version of yourself. And that's what we're all about here on the Moonshots Podcast. That's a wrap.